space, the final frontier. Recently, actor William Shatner, at the age of 90, best known for his role as Star Trek's Captain Kirk, went to space for real aboard Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin New Shepard rocket. He was only in space for 10 minutes, but they were 10 minutes that forever transformed him and how he views our beautiful and fragile planet. On today's show, David and I are going to boldly go where this show has never gone before, space. We plan to go all galactic by sharing your thoughts on if we'd take the trip, future settlements on Mars, space tourism as a business, and if there really is life out there, cue the anal probing humor. Let's get started. Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. All right, here we go. We're just going to freaking dive in here. So. William Shatner. Fox yeah, green t- bitches. <laughs> we're going to talk <clears throat> a little bit about Bill Shatner today. Do his friends call him Bill? What do they call him? Slick Willie? I don't know what they call him. I think they call him Bill. I know I that uh, friggin' George, George Takai is not a fan of <laughs> Billy Shatter. They've got a long, long-standing rivalry. rivalry. What's that about? Um, I guess he was a little bit, I guess uh, William Shatner was a little bit of a, of a, I don't want to say a diva on the show, uh, Star Trek, but, uh, you know, Sulu was the pilot. Right. And he was an important character. You know, you got to be able to fly the Enterprise to, you know, the final frontier. And <laughs> I was listening to a podcast today that was talking about um, how Shatner had some rewrites done to a script for the movie in which Sulu didn't want to pilot. Yeah. The Enterprise yeah. and Sulu thought that was just bullshit. George thought that that was just a way to keep him out because George used to get a lot of, he used to get a lot of fan mail and Nimoy got way more fan mail than any of them. Anybody, yeah. And William Shatner did not like that. I'm sure. So, so he was, I mean, I'm he had sure. the he had the biggest swinging dick in the in the cosmos, so well, he, he didn't want... He fucked the green bitches. Uh, there you go. That's That was the joke back then, did right? Did he play with some tribbles as well? Well, I had heard, I don't mean, I don't know <laughs> if it's true, but I had heard that that he was very... He was very similar to the to the character that he portrayed. Oh, okay, you Captain know? Kirk. He was he was Captain Kirk. He embodied that. Yeah, yeah. Interesting guy. And why are we talking about William Shatter? People are probably saying, "What in the hell? Why are these guys talking about so him?" Apparently, people don't even know who the hell he is. Seriously, who the hell is William Shatter? He just went to space. I mean, Captain Kirk went to space. At he was 90. ninety years old. Nine zero. Ninety right. years old, and he's moving around like. He's moving around like he's sixty. Can I just say he does not look ninety? He doesn't. I was shocked when you said he, when you told me he was ninety years old. Like he, the man doesn't age. Like nope. it's like he aged to a certain point and it's just stopped. Um, it's really weird. Like it is. He does. If you look at him versus the way most people age, say between seventy and ninety, there's usually a significant difference sure. there. This guy's like he doesn't age. No. I mean, you know, and his voice has not changed at all. Like his voice. Usually, when you get up to a certain age, I start to notice there's a little bit more of a rasp, a little bit more of a rattle. There's a little good uneasiness. Genes. He's got good genes. It must be because he must have those longevity genes, those Norwegians yeah. like my wife have. Because I'm telling you, this guy, 
after, you know, after he got back from his, you know, his long flight into space, all of 10 minutes up and back, yeah. a short commute yeah. um, aboard the, um, I believe it was Bezos's Blue Origin New Shepard rocket. Pretty exciting for him. The penis um, rocket. The penis rocket. Yeah, yes, he came back it. down, landed, and he he was overrun with emotion, first of all, but he was talking like so beautifully. It was almost like he was recording you know, one of these podcasts or he was recording his audiobook memoir. He was just so like the way he speaks is very, I don't know. It's just very, very calming to me. It's just so funny. So but. what was the emotion about? Cause he was really, I mean, like he, it was almost like, you know, you kind of think like this guy's going to have a breakdown. Yeah. Or something. It felt like it. Like yeah. if you go and watch some of the footage after he gets back and I mean, it, it, it's sort of like after anything exciting happens in this world, there's always a person there to shove a microphone in your face. Right. So <laughs> he immediately steps off after going 2000 miles an hour up and then back down land safely. First of all, he knows he's not going to die anymore. So he's setting foot on this That's desert true. soil, feeling really good. And then all of a sudden you, he just puts his hand to his head as if he was going to go down because he was so overwhelmed with emotion. He got a chance to see the little blue marble up there. He got a chance to look down on this little beautiful speck of earth that we see, and I think he just got overrun. And well, how little does it look at the height that they... Because it wasn't yeah, like they went true. halfway to the moon. No, he... I. You must be able to see because you break through that one layer, and you must be well, able to see. Well, they say you can it. see the curvature. Okay, right? so the, that's yeah. probably what he saw, and I think you know. And every every news organization was trying to make it about you know climate change and all these other sorts of things. I think he was just like yeah. you had said earlier on, and I'd like you to repeat it for the listeners because it was said off air about you know he's ninety. This is probably one of the last great things this yeah. man will ever do. Yeah. So when, so I was not aware. So I was doing a live event when he went up that day and I, and I acknowledged that he went up and that he was 90. Um, so I didn't get to see him when he came back down until you told me how emotional he was. And I was like, okay, you know, I, I get it. That's, it was, it's probably an emotional thing. I could sure. see that it being an emotional thing. Um, but then when I saw it, I was like, what is this about? Like what's going on with him? And there were two things that occurred to me. Any time that you do something where you literally are conscious that you're risking your life, there's this psych up that you go through, right? And you're you're trying to keep your mind positive. You're focused on what you're doing. You're starting to stay excited about it, but you're also trying to suppress fear to some degree. Sure. So he does this, he does this, he does this. I mean, it's not like we know that every time they do this, there's a big chance that they're going to die. Like right. there's just a huge chance that this can happen. Um and then when you come down and you realize now you're safe, it's like all of that emotion just drops. It's like whoosh, yeah. everything drops and you tank out. And um, and then it's just like a raw emotion because you can't you can't control it anymore. It's like amygdala overload at sure. that point. You're just, you know, raw emotion. So I was thinking about that like I can definitely see how that could uh, that could be playing a role. And then I thought, you know the other thing this is probably one of the biggest things this guy's ever done. Right. He knows he's 90. He doesn't, I mean, you know, life's yeah. short at this point, right? And he knows that it's short at this point. And it might be just some kind of verification like this might be like I'm going out on a peak, right? This yeah. is no other 90-year-old has ever done this. I mean, it's it's there's probably very, very few 90-year-olds that are healthy enough where they would be like, okay, it's okay yeah. for this guy to go. Yeah. You know, you because clear medical a, to get up there. That's a huge strain on the body. Absolutely. You know, how many Gs are they pulling? Yeah. Even for, even for the 10 or 11 minutes there in space, you know, it's like, it's, it's a quick trip, but you're right. It's, you're, they, they 
go top speed over 2,000 miles an hour. I mean, they're up there and they're weightless for a moment. So they're able to, I believe, you know, get look out. Up the from- t- look up the speed. It's got to be more than that. I know that it, they have to, when they send a, uh, something into space, they have to go 18,000 miles an hour to break, uh, to break the Earth's gravitational pull to get outside of, of the, uh, yeah, so so according to this website, the the capsule reaches a top speed of 2233 miles during launch because they're not breaking completely out of right, the atmosphere. Right, right. So to get out of the atmosphere it's it's much more than so that, they but they don't need to go that They do fast. not need to go that fast, but they in order to achieve the area where they're able to be Not the 2000 miles an hour is slow. Right, exactly. <laughs> but I mean still, and that's one of the things that when they talked to him after he got down and they were spraying champagne and he was completely overwhelmed with emotion. I mean, he had just gone, you know, 2200 miles an hour. Yeah. He came back down and he just he he saw this world that was in peril. And like I said, they were trying to make it about climate change. We're not here to talk about that. But he was very, very emotional. Like, But then he sort of, he realized the camera was on him. And then I could feel him going into the Shatner that did, we know and love. He, he was definitely he going into acting. And, and yeah. of course, Jeff Bezos was there, you know, telling him how beautiful his wise words were. And it was all, it was a really cool moment. I'm not here to be like, oh my God, there's Shatner being Shatner. But it was really cool to see. And it got me thinking, you know, about, we could have a conversation about this guy. You know, he's, what I didn't realize was that the Star Trek original series was only on the air for three years. Like, it feels like... So it's st- like for 20 years. Yeah, right? it feels like it's been... It was there forever, but it was only three years that this yeah. was on the air. I mean, clearly, they they rolled it into movies and then, of course, television series and all these other sorts of things. But... You know, he is known as Captain Kirk. I mean, that's the guy that you remember. When you see William Shatner, you remember yeah, him as Captain Kirk. Yeah. He did many other roles, but clearly that was the right. one. And that ended in 1969, the television series. Now, of course, movies subsequently. It ended in 69. 69. It, the, the year, year we went to the moon. The year of your birth, this guy, this series was launched. It, it started in 66. 66. It started in 66, the very first season. I watched it when I was a kid. It, I yeah, I was going to say, did but you watch some of those reruns? it was already off the air yeah. when I was watching it. Yeah. Like, m- me and my friends, when we would watch it, all the Trekkies, it was no longer prime time. It was yeah. all reruns at yeah, that point. Yeah, totally. Interesting. You know? So, did you did you enjoy the series? Loved did it. you enjoy? Yeah. Loved it as a kid. Didn't, I was not into it when it was on... Um, in 69, or probably even 70, 71. It was a little bit later. Uh, as I got a little bit older, sure, you know, yeah. probably like 9 or 10, then I really started getting started into it getting and, and, and loved it, you know, and then we yeah. watched it all the time. But you know something that's interesting about this is the marketing uh, idea behind this. And because I heard that there was a bit of a negotiating thing, like Branson wanted him. Oh, and Branson couldn't get him. The other, the billionaire and, space race here. Yes, so they yes, wanted Shatner. Yes. Brand, Branson, yeah, Richard Richard Branson wanted Shatner on his deal, and for whatever reason, couldn't. Bezos got him. Interesting. So there was a fight. There was for a Shatner. Fight. They yeah. wanted Shatner they wanted because Shatner. he's Captain Kirk. Captain he's Kirk. in the zeitgeist yeah. as far as the guy. Yeah, and so I mean, think about how many that. paradigms this broke. Right, you take a guy who was known for like it would like Star Trek was was like probably the first sci-fi that really took us out into space. Sure. You know, like it, it you know, predates um, uh, Star, Star Wars. Star Wars, and, absolutely. You know, and E.T. and, yeah. you know, all that stuff. And it science fiction then is so much, Think well, think about it like this. 
How many things were science fiction in Star Trek that we actually have for real now? Think about the flip phone. Yes, right? exactly. Think I about the flip phone. Bring that Think up about the events. laser, right? Like there were things then that we thought oh, they could never possibly be real. It's just, you know, it's you used to get the little utility belt. Kids would yes. get it, you know, and you'd had the little the phaser gun and you had the flip phone beam me up, Scotty, yep. like all this stuff, right? <laughs> beam me up, and, Scotty. And it's a, just a few years later, it's yeah. a, it's re, it's real. It's no longer science fiction. And you have a guy who lived in the science fiction world of this who now is, the, they want to take him into space for real because he played somebody who was going all over the universe. And on top of it, he's the oldest person ever that's gone, you know, that that close. That is so interesting. And then, look, and then, of course, you have the whole argument as to whether it's really space or not. I mean, it's really more the edge of space because they don't have to, they don't have to come back in, you know, like it doesn't take 18,000 miles an hour to get out. But they're, they're like, there's, yeah. you're as far as you can go without having to break through, uh, you know, to that other side thing. This is so need the heat shields up, Scotty, yeah. to come back in, right? <laughs> this is so interesting you bring up that Shatner turned down Virgin Galactic because there's an article that just came out in Newsweek today um, that is 10 years ago he turned him down. This was this was an ask 10, 10 years, years ago. ago. Now, that I didn't know. Yeah, and the re- this says the reason that he turned it down was because he has a fear of flying. No shit. Shatner has a fear of flying, so he turned it down, and then he overcame his fears, and then he blasted into space with Bezos' rocket. Because right now, Branson's Branson's Virgin Galactic got grounded. They're still working on some things, and right. I think think actually right after uh, Bezos' rocket took Shatner up, there was some... Uh, there was some stock dip for Branson because they had to. Well, you know, Branson had the one that crashed. Yeah, that yeah, the people, and, right? yes, and, and they, they had to. Yeah, and they had to. They're they're definitely falling further and further behind in this yeah. race. But I had no idea that he was offered this ten years ago to be one of the first people to go up, and he turned it down because of his fear of flying. He overcame that, jumped on Bezos's rocket, Blue Origin, and took him to space. Apparently, so. Elon Musk didn't want him. Elon, apparently not. I don't know, but that's another thing. I mean, we can definitely curtail into this before we before we get into that. Elon. Musk Musk should take Rogan up. He should. Yeah, he should put Rogan. He should, he they should, should do the first podcast in space. Yeah, they should get up there and do, and be the first joint smoked in in space. Absolutely. I don't know how safe that is indoors like that, but I guess we'll figure it <laughs> we out. Used I mean, to if smoke on really airplanes it, for God's sake. That's sakes. true. It's crazy to think that that was even a thing. But um, are, are you is a Trekkie it? or are you a, a Warsy? Are you a Star Wars guy or a Trekkie guy? Uh, more Trekkie. Than more Trekkie. Well, you know, I like Star Wars. I yeah. think I, Star Wars was a great yeah. thing. Not to divide, but I would probably be more apt. Like if it was just a screwing around on a Saturday afternoon and I saw a rerun of Star Trek, I'd probably be more apt to watch a rerun of Star Trek than than to sit through the whole Star- space opera. Then yeah. 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 I think that's yeah, it's true. I mean, I definitely I'm I lean more Star Wars than I do Trekkie, but I do like um I love the fanaticism. Like people get really fanatic about oh, their allegiance. Like if you like there's probably people out there right now who are like, Of course I'm a damn Trekkie. You Warsies are a bunch of weirdos. I'm not here to divide at all, but yeah, they get really fanatic. I remember <laughs> going to see Star Trek in 1976. I think it was 76 or 77 sure. when it first came out. And the the line to get into theater was like three blocks long. Really? Yeah. Yeah, my uncle took us when we were kids, me and my cousins. Star Trek, the motion picture. What year did it come release out? Release date, December 7th, 1979. 
Wow. It was 79? Yeah, that was this. This is 79. Star Trek, the motion picture. That was the very first time they no, took no, it No, no, I'm the talking about screen. Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars Star was 76. Wars. Yeah, yeah, Star, Star Wars. Wars. Spirit of 76, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah. Or was it 77? You know what? I got to do an on-the-fly flag check because I think it's 77. Because be. if I'm not mistaken, those were, they were three, those... Those movies were about three years apart, so that's uh, that's pretty fun. I loved the Star Wars, and I don't think I saw this the original. I would have been too young to see it in theaters. So, were you are you a Captain Kirk fan or are you a Doctor Spock fan? Oh man, I you know, if you had to pick, if I had to pick one, I definitely I'd go Shatner. I'd go, go Kirk. Shatner. I'd go Kirk. Yeah, but I love Leonard Nimoy as Spock. He Unreal. was the shit, man. That yeah. guy was crazy. Star Wars released May of 1977. So go. yeah, there you go. No, I think it's a uh, that's a good question. I mean, it was funny because that's where the whole you know uh, George George Takai. Okay, God, I always say it wrong. There's one way to say it. That was another thing. He says it wrong, and George likes it said right. Um, and uh, Leonard Nemo used to get a lot of, they used to get a lot of love, and Shatner didn't particularly care much for that. He mm. was the lead, in his he opinion. But when people look back on Star Trek, they see Spock. There's a lot more uh, people that maybe would say that Star that yeah. uh, Spock was the was the star of that show. Yeah. Yeah, so, it was it was an interesting show. I mean, it was an interesting show, and like you said, I mean, a lot of the tech that they're using. I mean, we don't have beaming possibilities yet. Hopefully, they'll be able to do that someday, where you can just like completely beam yourself to another part of the country. That would be freaking amazing. But you, like you said, the flip phone and all these other things they were showing. And Gene Roddenberry was well ahead of his time yes. as far as how this stuff was going. And Gene Roddenberry's ashes were actually brought to space. I saw that um, uh, in 1997, I believe they brought his ashes uh, to space. Space. And what did they do? Let him go in yeah, space? They yeah. shot him out into... Yeah. Isn't that kind of cool? That's kind of peaceful. That's interesting. You know, because he uh, went to the uh, the final frontier. So, yeah. So, uh, do you, are you a sci-fi guy? Do you like sci-fi? Some. Not so much, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not like... Seek it out. I would never even try to have a conversation with a real sci-fi person. Oh, my person. God. No, me either. No. I mean, no. they would I take my head my off. They yeah, would, I can't carry they, my weight. They'd behead me. Yeah. Maybe. So And then, get this. So, there's another one. So, I just heard this. And I was like, this cannot be real, but it, it's real. So I'm not going to say who it was, but I was, I was <laughs> watching, I was watching a podcast. Um, it's a pretty well-known podcast. And the people that do the bike, uh, by the podcast are biologists. Apparently biologists have a major issue with the, with the, the Star Trek, the, the Star Wars, because, all of the things that they show with human beings, aliens, space creatures, or whatever, are not biologically correct. Biologically, from like there's like it's not genetically sure. correct, right? The, the, okay. These adaptations and all the even when it comes down to things like the Lion King, right? And I'm listening to this conversation, and I'm like, I get it, I get it from an educational perspective, but the fact that they're so tweaked by it that they can't yeah. even watch it, or they would want to shut it off. I was like, that's really amazing because there's also a different story being told. Like there's a different reason. But their viewpoint is that if it's not correct based on biology, they're telling a false story. And I'm like, but it's fucking science fiction. <laughs> or it's a Disney. It's like it's not real to begin there, the with. The word fiction is in science fiction there, right? Yeah, so that's what I thought. <laughs> okay. That's what I thought, okay. right? 
That's what I thought. So they're not just little green aliens with big long fingers and domed heads. That's not biologically accurate. Apparently not. Oh shit! Apparently what are we gonna not. do? What are we gonna do? ET doesn't yeah, well, like Reese's pieces. The Lion King apparently has animals in the Lion King, from what I just learned, that are not in Africa. Like the leafcutter ant is not in Africa. The leafcutter is from South America. Oh shit! But they show the leafcutter in the Lion King, they do. and that just tweaked this person off. Wow! To the point where they almost shut it off. They, they literally almost shut it off. And I was like, what a miserable what is that existence. About? Like, what is that really about? I Man, mean, that's like next level critic, like watching every little thing biologically. Like, does, has he has he addressed like Jurassic Park and the fact that dinosaurs are I didn't in fact hear, extinct? I didn't hear that. Okay. I didn't that hear is that. so interesting. I didn't hear that. Like, I heard, not, I ta- they talked about E.T., the movie E.T. Okay. And they talked about Star Wars and they talked about the leafcutter ant, which apparently was just too much. Yeah. It was a little too much. So then I started thinking, this goes, and, and the thing is, is because I love listening to these scientists. Like, the, it's so fascinating to listen to they them. They take their shit serious. Very seriously. But there's this, there's this thing with some intellectuals where the need to be right supersedes anything else. And it's almost like they, it, it inhibits them from enjoying other things if it's not right based on their intelligence. Mm. And I've known so many people like this and it's kind of like they don't understand. I think I think the idea is it's like they don't understand that there is a compulsive or a neurotic need behind that that is making that a little bit ridiculous. You know, because um I, you know, it would be one thing if it was a scientific study or they were writing a paper or they were doing something like that. I get then I would totally absolutely get it. But when you're talking about fun, when you're talking about storytelling just for fun, to bring things in to change things, that's what allows us to expand our mind and say, well, what if right. we did this? Like, right. what if we did that? But if it's not, it really, it sets them off. Like they, they, and I'm, listen, I am not, I'm, I am, I'm not trying to say like anything bad. It's really an interesting observation because it's like, if this can't be just this way, I just can't deal with it. I can't deal with it. I can't, I can't watch it. When there's so much else there to learn from or enjoy, right? Who says you even have to learn anything? You could just sit back and enjoy something. Does it have to be exactly? So what is that about, right? I mean... I would love to see those particular people's like YouTube history. It's probably just a bunch of footage of eagles and eagles nests and just sitting there watching it because everything <laughs> everything you watch like I was thinking like all the Marvel movies that I've enjoyed like Iron Man, he couldn't possibly fly that fast. He would crumple up because of the amount of G-forces. <laughs> like, all of the science that goes into this stuff, I like the fictional aspect of things. I watch them for the enjoyment. This is not science truth. This is science fiction. So that's... Well, what if... I mean, so think about what we were talking about. If people looked at Star Trek when Star Trek was prime time and they were like, I can't watch this because none of this is real and it's not even freaking possible. Somebody had to expand their mind a little bit to sure. say, can we get a telephone off the wall without a wire and a dial? Yeah. You know, can we actually see somebody on a phone? Like, it wasn't possible then. Right. So if people would have been like, I just can't deal with this because it's not real, based on what we currently know, would there ever have been people expanding their consciousness to try to do something that we once thought was impossible? I mean, everything, it's interesting because... Everything that we have now, at one point, somebody thought it was impossible. Right. We couldn't do it. Right. I mean, look at the Wright brothers, exactly. right? 
people thought for the longest, there's no way we're going to get an airplane in the air. Now we send people to space. Yeah. But if you shut it down, then you shut down imagination. Yeah. You shut right. down learning. So that's why I think to myself, you know, I understand from an intellectual perspective. I, used to, I even understand from studying and even from uh, uh, teaching. But when it comes to enjoyment, are you really going to rein your life in that tight? Where, well, you can't, right. where you can't enjoy something? Like, what else are you missing? Because here's the other thing. We, we read things that are, that are fiction, and we do things for enjoyment that aren't necessarily true, but they also teach us to think differently. It sure. also helps us teach to learn outside of, outside of the box. If we're going to ever have different opinions about things, we have to be able to go there. Right. I mean, we don't have to say this is true because it's not factual, but it does teach us to think, huh, what if this, right? What if this? What, yeah. if, what, if, they, what if some kid was watching Lion King and was like, you know something? There's no leafcutter ants in Africa. But wait a second, wait a second, hear me out on this. But they started studying leafcutter ants and they found out that they did something that was amazing and if they brought them to Africa, it would solve a problem. But they would never thought about it because they didn't see something that depicted, right. you know, that wasn't real. But it sparked their imagination. How many things have been created because somebody saw something that wasn't true and thought, what if? What if? What if? You know? So I, just, I just thought it was asked. interesting. I just, it is. It, it's interesting. I mean, that is, that's a tight nitpicking situation right there. That's like put a coal up a person's ass and it's a diamond in like a day. Right, exactly. That's really tight. Yeah. I don't want to live my life that tight. Yeah, no. And I don't want no. anything up my butt that's cold. No. But I There's would a say... Time and a time and place for it, though. There is. Like I said, like, yes, when they're doing their work, obviously. 100%. But I'm just talking about just having fun in that life. Is, yeah, you know? have some life. Yeah, and we are not here to, to refute that scientists are not important. They're so very important. We love our scientists. But man, when you start diving into that, I love that you bring that, that up about sparking the imagination because there's there's flying cars you can buy now. Yeah. You can buy flying cars. There's one on the market right now for $686,000. Now granted, they're still going through the motions and figuring these things out, but who would have thought that we'd be in a, you know, let alone fly and then fly to the moon and then now we're flying in cars. Like these things happen and I remember yeah. seeing flying cars way back when in the 80s watching television shows. So it does spark a little bit of creativity. But there are also, it is science fiction, but it does spark the creative mind to do some yeah, great things. I does. think that's freaking cool. I love that stuff. As you were talking, I was thinking about like, you know, all the, the television shows we watch and the fantastic things we see. And I immediately thought of, you know, Khaleesi flying on a dragon in Westeros and all these right. other sorts of things. And we don't see flying dragons, but hey, maybe at one point in time they were out there and maybe they'll come back. You just never know. Never know. I don't know if I'll be here for that. Would you take the trip to space? Probably not. Yeah. I, um, would I, wait, so, so let me... Let I me, asked Steph the same question this morning. We're just talking about what Shatter did. Yeah. Shatter just went up, was weightless for a few, and then came that right back down. That I might do. That, that I, might, I might do. But, but so you're asking me would I do it. I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to it, but I don't really have a desire to. Yeah. So from a desire perspective, it's not something that's on my bucket list. Yeah, right? got you. Um, it, it's, I don't, yeah. There's, there's things... Like it's just out of my bucket list. I don't. I don't think. I mean, we had this conversation yesterday, a couple guys and myself, about because we were talking about Shatner in preparation for the episode, and I was, you know, I was asked with the question, you know, if it was affordable, you know, would you go up? Because right now it's like four hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars to fly up there. Eventually, they'll get that number down because space tourism is a big 
space yeah. tourism is a big business. So they'll eventually get that number down to a nice, you know, maybe a 20 grand shot <laughs> moonshot or whatever. But there's so many things down here. I, I know what I get down here. This is the known commodity for me. And who knows, I could step off the curb today and get blasted by a bus. I know that part. But the, what I don't know about space is shit blows up. Like things happen. I've seen it happen. I see, I was watching live in 86 when the, you know, when the space shuttle exploded and the whole school yeah, was watching, yeah. that was traumatic enough. The exhilaration of it. I love it. The romantic view of seeing that little blue marble in this sea of black. I love that. Would I go? Probably not. Would I definitely not go to Mars and take the one way trip that they're going to start doing in the 2030s? No. no, I'm not interested in that, but it is cool that there are people out there that will do that yeah. and that will go out there and will create essentially another earth on another planet. I think maybe. I'm good here. Yeah, maybe I think I'm good here. Who knows where the next thousand years are going to take us. It's crazy to think what we've done in the last hundred years, 200 years, but would I go? No, I don't think I'd go. I just don't know if I have the guts for it. Like sitting there. Plus we would actually rocket. have to find the information as to how we got to another planet to begin with, That's which true. Is apparently is lost. That's at this true. Point yeah. in time. Where, how, where do you That's find a, that I don't know, but it's a weird thing. I didn't know. And it's kind of like, how did we lose the information on how to get to the moon. Yeah, we can get there, but we can't get back. Is that what I heard? Or well, we just no, don't know no, how to get there. No, we can't there. get there. We just get lost. We took a wrong turn. Maybe Waze doesn't work up in, in the Whatever it is that they have to figure out to be able to do to go through the radiation belt and all this other stuff, apparently all that information has been lost. Man, and somebody's in trouble. I heard that. that like we've like manned ships, rockets or whatever, space things, have only gone about 400 miles away from Earth where you'd have to go 250,000 miles to get to the moon. But everything that we learned about doing that, we lost it? That's like, weird. I mean, and I don't know the facts around yeah, this yeah, or yeah. whatever. That's interesting. Somebody was trying to explain this to me, that it that we lit all the information that we gleaned from 69 to 1973, we've not sent anybody any further than 400 miles since 1973 because we lost the information on how to do it. Yeah, that was a conversation recently about why haven't we gone back to the moon? When are we going to go back to the moon? Well, there's nothing to do on the moon. They really deflect it really quickly. Well, I didn't. Maybe if that's accurate. Right. That's we, what we I thought. The and then somebody said the reason we don't go back is because we lost the directions. <laughs> like to be able to get to the instructions to, to be it. able to clear to, that yeah, certain zone. To whatever it is that they had to yeah. do to get there. And I was like, seriously? And they're like, seriously. Wow. Or so they say. Yeah, because all, all the discussion in space has been around the International Space Station. That's as far as we've gone. Right. We don't go any further than that. I think it's like, I don't know how many three or four day trip to get to the moon. They must have... Somebody must have hit the delete button on yeah, that. That's a bad day was, right there yeah, at NASA. Yeah, it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing. Like yeah. how do you lose how do you lose all the information that we had to do these different trips to the moon? How do you lose that information? Yeah. So It'll, it's weird. To it me. is. It's really weird. All I know is it's going to be fascinating to see where this space tourism, you know, situation goes because you've got these billionaires, right? They've thrown their hat in the ring. They're putting so much money into it. You know, you've got Bezos, you've got Musk, you know, you've got Branson, you've got who know who else who knows who else is out there yeah. taking their billions and creating these space portals that we're going to fly up into the cosmos. But it's really interesting to me to see where it's going to go because there's, there's almost like this rivalry. There's like this beef that's going there on is. between these billionaires and it's super fun. Yes. I get the fact, you know, they're just a bunch of rich white guys throwing around their money, but great things are going to come out of this. Like great thinkers and innovators. There's going to be a lot of fun things that come out of this in the next few years. It's going to be cool. I'm just not going to be on though. I'm not going to be on one. I don't think. 
I'm not going to do it. I just don't have any desire to. Like, I still I, haven't seen all of North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. Um, it, it's it's just not something that 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 intrigues me. And there's a lot of other things that I would like to do. It's kind of like I'm at the point in my life where it's like, okay, maybe that would be cool, but why? Uh, just to say that you did it, then what? Um, it doesn't seem that exciting to me just to be able to say that you did it. Right. You know? Yeah. It would be more exciting to say you went to the moon and came back. Totally. Like, that would be a little different to me than to just be like, well, I just went up to the upper, you know, yeah. atmosphere and came back is down. Is the moon made of cheese? Who knows? I don't well, know. I haven't been there. there's always that. Man. Uh, is there life out there? This is what I'm going to leave you with. Is there oh, life geez. out there? Here's my here's my answer to that. There, I am not arrogant enough to think we're the only people here. Now, why they haven't came and visited us, or maybe they did, but they haven't come back, I don't know. Maybe we're just this little people. Well, the government's apparently taking a new stance on this now. Oh, they are? Oh, well, you haven't heard this? I don't pay much attention to so, those. So the Pentagon came out and admitted that and they, and they have all the footage of the stuff that happened down around San Diego and on yeah, the East okay. Coast. I've seen that. Of all the, the, they don't call them UFOs, they call them uh, something else, an unidentified aerial phenomenon. Okay, I think yeah. That's what it is now. And um, yes, they say that it's real. They don't know what it is. Uh, it's there. They've been checking this for a long time. So apparently during COVID is the proper time to come out and drop the bomb on everybody that the UFO idea is actually real. It's not fake, mm. you know, even though it's been faked by, you know, probably thousands of people. But yes, apparently the they wow. say that it's I, it's actually a real My thing. mind's getting blown here. Like I was familiar with UFOs. Now I got to be familiar with UAPs. UAPs. Unidentified aerial phenomena. Yes. Wow, you're blowing my mind today. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. I don't know. I just thought it was some guy had a really kick-ass strobe light that was shooting shit in the air. No, this nope. is uh this is, real. this is real data. It's real Prepare data yourself for a probing, have. sir. Hey, there's, know, there's worse things to do on a Tuesday, that's for sure. Here's the kick. This is, this is something that, that I think is hysterical, though. For the longest time, they have assumed that if there, were, if there was other life that could reach us, that the interaction would be hostile. Right. And it cracks me up that, that we assume that everybody's the biggest asshole as we are. Yeah, why right? is that? And if... if <laughs> Like, how much further advanced would something have to be to get here? Yeah, right. And do we not think that their emotional maturity would have advanced also? Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, automatic, they're going to just come here and kill everybody and yeah. rape you in the ass and they're going to take over the earth. It's like, they're just going to come to communicate. They're going to play like that little piano like they did in Close Encounters. Maybe Richard Dreyfus. Maybe we should grow up a little more before we go probing into space, maybe. you know. Uh, with our intentions. That's you know true. what I mean? Good point. I never really thought about that. All of our alien invasion stories are very hostile. They, they never are. Come, they never come just, to, they never they come are. down here just to have a beer they and a pizza. It, it's, it, it is, if you listen to those stories um, and the things that people are afraid of, be their body being probed and everything, it's like, it's like, where is your imagination coming from? Are you really that neurotic that you're, you think that there's a gray that's going to come down and like, uh, probe your rectum. Yeah. Like where, where is your mind? Like, did, yeah. you know, did I, some, you know, there's people out there that have had those experiences. Did you have a bad enema experience yeah. as a child or something? Like what's going I on? No, they, they, they just came here to just, they pluck one person up, they study him for a bit and send him right back down. Well, that's what they say. That's fun. Well, I, I think that I uh, have not been plucked out. I right? have not been. Nor, do I, I, know nor am I afraid of, 
I've not, had some interesting experiences, but I don't think that was one of them. No. But hey, I'm always open. The truth is out there. So I'm, I'm looking but for it. Back to the original topic. Hooray for Shatner. Hooray for Shatner. Hooray Good for, for Bill. Hooray for Bezos. Like great, great, great accomplishment. You know, we have to push those things Innovation. To, to get to the next place. Like we can't. I'm sure that the idea is we can't study much if we can't get there and come back safely. So That's they true. need to keep doing this until they master it, and then they'll take it to then you know they'll take it further. Great so, thinkers, great, great people, great yeah. things happen. I think it's so cool. So yeah. congrats to Bill. Um, yeah, this has been amazing. I'm I'm off to get a probing, so I'll talk to you later. Later. Well, there you have it, everyone. William Shatner, congrats again. Going into space at age 90. Good on you, man. That's pretty impressive. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Full Throttle Thursday. Leave us a comment down below. Tell us how we did. Be sure and ring that bell so you get more content like this, and we will see you on the next Successful Mind Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.